High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, fans of Corey Feldman, fans of Corey Haim, fans of vampires, and fans of sexy saxmen. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where we and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, but the party's at my place this evening. But first, school's still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I... Would like to see the results. Oof, the new baby is making me tired, I'll tell you that much. She's awake in the night, she sleeps in the day, she eats all the time. <laughs> I love fatherhood. Happy Halloween! Your homework, of course, is to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. While you're there, leave us a positive rating and a five-star review. Stitcher? Did I say Stitcher because it doesn't exist anymore? I don't even know. <laughs> also, follow us on social media on the X High School Slumber Party, Facebook, Instagram. Hit us up there. Class participation is a huge part of your grade. If you were a good High School Slumber Party student and listened to the last episode, the AP episode, the excellent AP episode with Iceland Addington, we covered an awesome newer movie. Yes, God, yes, that's what we do on AP. But if you listened, I kind of let you in on the fact that my daughter was born a bit premature, took some time off, but we're back at it. And relatedly, relatedly, I am a bit delayed on the delivery of some episodes. I've been editing away night and day as I try to get some sleep here and there. And I decided that today would be a big Halloween doubleheader blowout. Going to release two episodes today for Halloween. The first one is actually a fun one. Mike Manzi is here, and he came to High School Slumber Party to inaugurate our next Corey's Two Corey's Adventure. The Two Corey's Season 3 here, Corinthians 3 on High School Slumber Party. And we were talking, and it just did not make sense for us not to do The Lost Boys. If you are a listener of the show, you might know that one of my favorite episodes ever featured Shawnee Mead and Dan Cologne two big friends of the program, and we talked The Lost Boys. It was before we had touched Corey films at all, so Mike Manzi wasn't there. And I implore you to go back and listen to that Halloween episode. I think it was from two years ago. We had so much fun. I rediscovered my love for this film. I, I You know what? I can't even say rediscovered because I never loved it until that watch and now I'm such a huge fan. And we didn't want to tarnish that episode. We didn't want to talk about it again just because we are 
destined to cover all the Corey films on High School Slumber Party, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim. But we did want to cover it in a certain way, so we decided, or really I decided, you'll see on the episode, Mike <laughs> has a really funny snafu at the beginning, but I decided that we would do this as a rewatch and commentary, meaning that you can participate at home with this one. We're not going to do a deep dive. We already did that with Dan Colon and Shawnee. We're not going to you know, go into the behind the scenes or anything like that. Mike and I are going to queue up or we queue up the film at the same exact time and we watch it along with you. So more information on that in a bit, but you'll see. You can watch along or you can just listen because that's fun too. And you're going to get our live unedited reactions from watching the lost boys which has become really a halloween tradition for me whoa whoa whoa! the bell doesn't dismiss you i dismiss you come on i know it's halloween i know you want to go out trick-or-treating and hanging out with your friends and maybe causing some mischief around town but no we are not doing that instead you're gonna stay in you're gonna be a loser and you're gonna listen to a bunch of high school slumber party please Go back and listen to our Yes, God, Yes episode of Eyes on Addington, the AP episode. Listen to this one. And while you're at it, watch The Lost Boys along with us. And if you look at the feed, almost concurrently, we have another episode. The aforementioned Shawnee. It's a Halloween tradition. She came back and we talked our first Disney Channel original movie. And it's not High School Musical, which is a shame. But we talked Halloween Town 2. So releasing both of those today, a lot of Halloween content for you. I gotta catch up. I've been away. And I'm so excited to be celebrating Halloween with you, the slumberers, as well as my guests today for the two episodes, Mike Manzi and Shawnee Mead. One more thing. Matthew Perry of Friends fame passed away yesterday as I record this. It's a big loss I do want to talk about it. I know it's not high school related, though he is in a Zac Efron high school movie, 17 again, if you caught that one. So that makes it high school related. But no, no, no. It's related to my life in a very, very important way, I'll say. So not on this episode, but on the next episode. It's weird because Halloween Town has no relation to him, but I just got to get some things off my chest about his life and his legacy and how it relates to me. So... Tune into that one for that. If you want to hear a brief Matthew Perry, I don't know, my thoughts, I guess, on his passing. So without further ado, pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother you sent me at Brian's, because we're about to get our party on. Oh, Lost Boys soundtrack. I love it. It's one of my favorite soundtracks. Let's leave you with Tim Capello. I still believe, because I can never, never get Sexy Sax Man out of my head his musical notes and his glistening flesh is imprinted on my body forever class dismissed
Michael, 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 <laughs> Mansie, the superintendent hey. is back. Mike, do you introduce yourself? We do this every time. Um, Mike Mansie, RHS, class of 97, go Maroons. Doing something a little different tonight. Some of the same, some of the different here on High School Slumber Party. Well, you have to be here because okay. two Corys are here tonight and i am so excited for this one um as i said in the show's intro we are doing a rewatch and commentary on the lost boys mike little background on this of course on high school slumber party we've covered the lost boys but this is before we dove into our Corey's lap i believe or whatever wait our corinthians Corey's lap <laughs> we, I don't know. I'm still like a lifestyle. <laughs> yes, our Corey's lifestyle covered this one with Dan Cologne, your partner on the Monsters That Made Us, and his partner. They weren't partners at the time. Shawnee Mead on the oh, podcast in the corner. Um, it was one of my favorite episodes. A great episode of that year. An episode people still mention to me from time to time. I rediscovered. The Lost Boys during that episode. Like, I mean, obviously in prep for it, watching the film. And I watch this movie every Halloween. I'm obsessed with The Lost Boys now. For whatever reason, I mean, you can listen to that episode if you want like the background and my initial mm-hmm. reactions. But for whatever reason, I like avoided this movie like the plague. I was always told it was like the dumbest movie in the world. The Lost Boys? The Lost Boys, yeah. Like, don't watch wow. it. Oh, and finally man. watched it, loved it. I, you know, I talk about yeah. it a lot. I play the soundtrack a lot. Why aren't we watching that tonight? Audio commentary on that one. <laughs> on which one? On the first one. That's Oh, that's what we're doing. Oh, I thought we were doing The Tribe, part two, no. you said. No, sorry, sorry. Wait, what are we watching tonight? The Lost Boys, yeah. The Lost original? I thought... Oh, I rented the second one. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, that we'll keep that on air. <laughs> Well, can you get the first one? Yeah, but I can't return this one, so there goes oh, two bucks. Well, I'll, I'll send you. I'll have you. to watch it. I have two days left to watch it. I'll watch it for my Hooptober somehow. Well, Mike, this is what I was going to say. We want to cover all the applicable Corey's films, right? And Correct. I felt like you and I couldn't talk the Lost Boys series, which I'm counting as a reunion episodes, without us talking the Lost Boys. Oh, because I had some mixed communications over the past few days, because we generally communicate on text messages for the most part. You're very busy. I'm busier now, things like that. And so when you're like, do you want to do Lost Boys 2? I was like, sure. And it just stuck in my brain that that's what we're watching tonight. And I was lowering my expectations to the underground. I was digging a hole to, to, to lay in while I watched this movie. But now I'm, I'm in a way better mood right now. I'm way better now that I know we're watching the original. <laughs> well, we will probably not do commentary on, but we will watch Lost Boys 2 and have an episode on it. I really want to see no, what No, we should do out. commentary. We're, I think... <laughs> Maybe both. No matter know. how this goes. <laughs> no, so, so I, I figured since we already did a Lost Boys episode on High School Slumber Party that you and I couldn't just do that over again. I don't want to dishonor the legacy of Shawnee Mead and I Dan Cologne. I, I think we, I just wanted a different take 
on the whole uh, Lost cool. Boys thing for us. A, a two Corey's experts take on it. So figured yeah. you've definitely seen this movie, right? The Lost Boys? Oh, so I think I saw this when I was like 12 or 13 uh, years old. It's early on in like um, junior high, maybe seventh grade, sixth grade or something. I was just an instant fan. I mean, it's funny because I like. I was into the doors and this opens up with a doors cover and I was like, Oh, I instantly like this movie. And then it just became like an amazing, it was just like an incredible action horror teen movie. And yeah, I, I'm very much looking forward to rewatching this. I'm queuing it up right now. So funny, Brian. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're actually going to watch the lost boys. Together. Yeah. I haven't actually seen, I haven't seen it in a while. I really? guess that's something I can mention. Yeah. It's been, it's been a few. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, the two Corys at this age. I, Cause like I didn't, I don't think I watched it last year or the year before, but uh, amazing cast. I watched something and I saw Bernard Hughes, the grandpa in something recently. So that I think made me want to be like, I gotta check this out again someday. So, so we're gonna watch it together today, and I hope you guys at home will watch it with us. Uh, Mike, did you rent it yet? Let me know when you rent it. Oh, I have it. Like I'm watching it on uh, off the Plex. So like I got nice, nice. I got a free copy. So I I should say I got a free copy because it's (laughs) so we're both paused at zero zero zero. Correct. Uh, correct. There's uh, an hour and 37 minutes with 26 seconds to go. Ooh, I have 22 seconds. Interesting. Ooh, I might have two extra seconds of credits. Do you think it's just the sound of Iron Man hitting the mallet down onto the anvil? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Clink. So we are both paused at around one second, zero, zero seconds. We might be a second or two off. So if you want to follow along at home, just to explain or re-explain what we are doing, we are re-watching The Lost Boys together. We are remote, but we are going to sync it. And you can sync it at home. Get up to zero, 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 however you're watching. Don't watch a version with commercials. I think there's a free version on Pluto right now. That won't sync it with us. However, if you're not syncing it, if you're in the car, you're on the subway, it's still fun to listen to because we're going to be reacting. I'm going to be throwing some trivia at Mike. I'm going to be asking Mike some questions. Mike can ask me questions, right? And we're going to play our regular high school slumber party games at the end. This is fun. This is a Halloween tradition for me. And and Mike, I'm glad it's a Halloween tradition for us now. And this is a way to usher in our next the next generation of our two Corey's rewatching or watching or, or devotion I, I lifestyle mean, we're not done. i mean we haven't what's this rewatch like we have to get through everything still there's way more Corey than i remember than i ever could have if i had known there was this much Corey, <laughs> you probably wouldn't be doing this corinthians three i think it is for us four i think it's three i think it's our third i think year it's the third year <laughs> official all right so when i say go you're gonna press play okay okay three Two, one, go. All right. Warner Brothers, as you said. We have different Warner mm-hmm. Brothers logos. I got the... Uh, like the siren. Yeah, and I I think you misspoke. I think it ends with a Doors cover, and I think it begins with Cry Little Sister, right? We're about to find out. Or what is it? I don't know. I know it's somewhere in here. What do you do about your volume, by the way? Just put it as low as possible where you can still hear. 
Okay. Maybe yeah, I can get... it, it is indeed "Cry Little Sister." You're right. Which, is, that which is an awesome list. song, by the way. Richard Donner production. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I could feel it. You know, there's definitely like a bit of a Goonies vibe going on between the kids in this one and uh, the lack of parental supervision. <laughs> and of course, we've covered the Goonies on our two Corys watch. That's right. Oh, here we go. Is it? Is he right away coming out of the mist? Looking right Kiefer. away. By the way, that that earlier shot there of ooh, look. Alex Winter. Yeah. Nice. Always forget he's in the film. I don't, but I like saying that. <laughs> Greatest jacket in the movie, probably, but, you know, the carousel where all of the older kids usually hung out. It's not day. called, yeah, it's not called Santa Cruz here, but we got that earlier uh, wide shot of Santa Cruz. I forgot what it's called. It's got its own name, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's a fictional town, I think. And, like, if, yeah. if anything, it's probably more Venice because of how, like, Back then, at least, maybe how dangerous it was. Santa Cruz, though, was actually the most dangerous town in America one year, so... No shit. Yeah, there was a lot of, like, murders. And was oh, it wow. vampires? Yeah. I don't know. Well, no. Probably. <laughs> maybe that's what the crew is based off. Maybe they knew something, and then uh, they're like, shit, we should cover it up by making a movie. Mr. 24, Kiefer <laughs> Sutherland, looking good here. There's a lot. Did we mention Joel Schumacher? There's a lot. We did not. This movie, from the jump, directed by... The great, late, great Joel Schumacher. A lot of like that fetishistic camera work where it's like half slow motion and drifting. And Kiefer's definitely like meant to haunt your dreams. You know, I feel like that he sent it. He almost looks like the Sandman opening up here. Yeah, it it opens up with him. You're so right. Like, it's not like a slow build up here. Like, we get our big bad right away. Uh, by the yeah. way, that song, uh, Cry Little Sister, play, yeah. uh, sung by Gerard McMahon. Yeah, Gerard McMahon. I was going to say McCann. Uh, fun fact, the foodie films man, Kyle Reinfried, when he pledged his fraternity, that was the song that they played for everyone. Like, yeah, Oh was... my god, that's so creepy. If it's not creepy enough. <laughs> I always laugh about that. That was a great effect. That was yeah. cool. Nice, nice early kill there at the security guard. And Look at these beach the shots. And now, now we're gonna get. What's the opposite of a coda? Because that was like a little Where coda. Man, oh, that's just like the intro, right? Like the cold open. Yeah, the cold open, exactly. Yeah, it's like, like a yeah. One of the best, uh, or one of the most memorable, are still Jurassic Park to me. I mean, m- many, 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 oh, many. Oh, for sure. Ever. You know, the more I just always think of that, it's so intense. This is how most Corey movies begin for us, right? Like a car, you know, like, oh, what's going on? You know, (laughs) you know, cars, a lot of cars, like uh, that one with him and his dad when they were always in the car. And like, I feel like maybe he's moved once or twice. He he sat in that. Oh, he had that one man car when he was in the wheelchair. Santa Carla. That's what it's called here. Uh, And and also speaking of of Silver Bullet. And uh, I forgot that other movie where where Corey <laughs> where Corey Haim has a dog, but there's a dog oh, in the right. back here. That was a really good one too, right? It turned they had the Watchers. Bond. That was Watchers. Watchers. Yeah, I think because the dog was like experimented <laughs> on. Oh, that almost looked like uh, what's this, uh, James Spader. Almost looked like James. <laughs> colorful characters here. This is the doors, right? Yeah, this is yeah, the yeah, yeah. cover I was talking about. Yeah. People are strange. They play a couple of these songs a couple times. 
Ew, she looked a rat. Yeah, that was pretty punk rock. Um, the missing persons and stuff. Is that baby just like vampire appetizer? <laughs> Is that why they were showing? <laughs> By the way, uh, I something I love about this movie in, in the Corey realm is Corey Haim's shirts. Okay. I like that guy's rat fing shirt. Oh yeah, that is that those are great. That that's some classic Corey. 80s early 90s color. And if like, you remember from uh, our previous Corey discussions, this is the movie that they met on. Oh, okay. Yes, I vaguely remember those discussions. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Jason Patrick. What do you think yeah. of him? Um yeah, he's great in this. Uh, I only I didn't really know him for much after this, and then I remember this like uh, movie came out with him in a kind of like a stacked cast in like the late '90s, maybe, and uh, about like these boys who grew up and like pushed a hot dog vendor's cart down a subway staircase and killed a kid uh, person or something, and like he played the grown up version of one of the kids. I don't know. I think that maybe movie. Uh, Kevin Bacon was in that movie too. But huh. I was always like, what the fuck happened to that guy? Well, you know, he did replace Keanu in the Speed franchise. No, because I never saw Speed 2. Yeah, he, he's... I mean, he did, he's not Keanu's character. He's another guy, but he essentially oh, replaced That would have been him. insane if they, like, <laughs> referred to him as the same character. And, of course, he's Michael. Michael. Great hair. Great mullet. Love this location. Great, great freaking house. house. Have you been to Santa Cruz? I haven't. I've only been to Cali, really been to Cali once for my friend's wedding. And then we were up in Ukiah, which is super north and very desolate. And there's oh, that's Coppola country, actually. You know, that's where his uh, distil- his winery was up in that area, about an hour from there. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I went to Santa Cruz once about 10 years ago when my wife and I visited the Bay Area. Mm. Um, and then we drove down to Monterey and Santa Cruz. Interesting town. Oh. By the way, Diane Weist, two-time Oscar winner, legend. Love her yeah. as the mom in this. And what's this trying, dude's name? I want, I'm trying to kick up my phone here so I can follow along on here. Get some cast going. Do you get a little bit into their movies? Yeah, I want to find out what movie I was watching with this guy the other day. Because I think it was a horror movie. Because I'm in the middle of Hooptober as we're recording this. Uh pretty early on in it oh yeah bernard hughes is his name got it let's see gotcha oh oh i was watching the hospital but that wasn't for hooptober that was because i was watching along with the um video archives podcast every once in a while gotcha so that's what that was okay but that was only like two months ago or a month and a half ago very fun divorce story here I guess they lived in Arizona. I feel like we talk Arizona a lot, you and I, on this pod. Uh, <laughs> Is that uh, Pump Up the Volume? Imagine they turned on the radio and Hard Hat Harry was on the radio. <laughs> like, I could totally see Corey listening to At least the Frog oh, yeah. Brothers listened to him. Oh, yeah. I could almost see, like, I'm surprised Corey, or at least one of the Corys and um, Christian Slater, like, they never crossed paths. Like, they seem like they might so. rotate yeah. in the same circle early on. Very fun. Very fun indeed. The, the, the taxidermy shit and everything. You think he's like the threat maybe? Yeah. 
He's basically going to turn out to be which I the one thing about this movie, I guess, you know, it's relatively short, which is great because it doesn't. Oh, you grow this, the weed. Uh, but like if grandpa, you know, he's supposed to if he was more of a Van Helsing kind of character, <laughs> which I think is what maybe in an earlier draft or, or in, um, you know, with bigger expectations, like his character might have been. The, there's a lot of lore around this film now. Like, mm. at the time, it was just sort of a movie that came out. People liked it. It was like a sort of a surprise hit. It put the Corys on the map. But, like, there's comics based on this, and there's sequels that we'll talk about, of course. Yeah, there's a lot of ephemeral from it. Like, you could buy mock-ups of those comics that he gets later in the movie. Um, I think, like, you could probably even find someone on Etsy who made that damn shirt um, <laughs> i love these but these yeah like, shots like i almost feel like you know there weren't a lot of and i could be wrong about this but from my experience there weren't a lot of teenage vampires like there were teenage monsters in the 50s i'm sure you know the atomic age like i married a high school monster or some shit i did yeah. oh you know not to cut you oh, off wait, but, but every, we have yep, sexy sax off. man yep. tim capello yep. oh my god i love you know how many times i've watched just this scene <laughs> it is, this is so good dan cologne's favorite film moment i think his favorite few moment, moments ever committed to film i mean who could blame anybody it's just magical i i don't even like this is the scene that's supposed to introduce jamie gertz's character i don't yeah. even care i want more sexy sax man and dan Dude. cologne brought up on that episode that like in the lore of this film like he is uh the sax man is one of the top vampire hunters yes and i was that, just about to suggest that yeah and that like his skin is so shiny here it's not sweat, it's holy water. Like, that's how he fights the vampires. Oh, I'm like, that's so cool. That's cool. And I love how tan he is, because you know he'd be out in the daytime, you know, looking for nests and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That would have been great, too. You know, him and the grandpa, him being, like, the, the uh, <laughs> his protege, his assistant, his apprentice. Um, I yeah, want to go to this party, powerful. though. Like, we're just, like, a sexy sax man is, is playing. And Brian, <laughs> no, no stranger to beach parties, uh, you know. Mm. I could totally... Uh, see how this fits in to all that you know in the script and stuff like the beach teen beach idea for sure mike that, that's a good call looks. yeah and is she like i know that's not her kid but are they trying is joel schumacher saying anything about teenage runaway mothers like that you know i feel like that might have been a thing back in the day there were a lot of runaways like that's what they used to call homeless kids back in the day runaways yeah like if you were a kid you were a runaway right and she's got this little kid, and like I guess you know it's more of a brother, but she kind of it just feels more of like a mom thing with her. And just a reminder, like a den mother. Oh yeah, <laughs> Edward Herman. Oh, so great, Daddy Gilmore. Uh, Richie Rich's dad. <laughs> Richie Rich's dad. Yeah. Uh, just a reminder okay. too. We are live, oh. so like you know. If one of us has to go to the bathroom, we're going to go to the bathroom. If my dogs bark, if a car honks its horn, you're going to hear it. Yep. Unedited. You and I aren't right, usually too store. raunchy, but... This store right now, what I wouldn't give to go shopping in this store. All of the VHS tapes, all of the vinyl, like all of this old stuff. Look at that. Oh, so good. 
Yeah. Uh, so real, real quickly, but I was trying to say before, sexy sax man cut me off. You know, admitted like, okay, uh, it's like I feel like this might. And again, it could be wrong because I've seen it on like Twilight Zone. You see it in the '50s a lot. I wonder if this is like an extension of the delinquent biker style kind of thing, or like just mm. the you, you have to take juvenile delinquency to the next level, right? What do you do about it? You make them vampires, or you turn them into actual monsters. Like, un, like they're really uncontrollable. Oh, well, there's a Goonies sign right there. Goonies. I didn't. Oh wow. <laughs> That's really funny. By the way, Edward Herman's outfit? Interesting. Oh, yeah. He looks like um, Elvis Costello. Like, he does. He's wearing an Elvis Costello uniform. The RCA dog in the shot as well. Brian, we went to Elvis Costello concert. That was great. Elvis Costello and Blondie. It was a good time. Yeah. Up in Bethel Woods. Uh-huh. The actual site of the Woodstock concert, right? Look at those horrifying heads in the background. Imagine being a new kid in this town, though. Well, this is like, it seems awesome because of the, you know, the carnival atmosphere. But like, oh, here we go. <gasps> By the way, what is Corey this wearing? Shop, it's amazing. And yes, the shop is amazing. And we get our... Isn't it perfect? Right. Yes, I'm looking, Corey's... I'm looking... <laughs> Oh, so good. I'm wearing that same flannel right now. You wow. are. And I'm just a little distracted by the thousands of dollars just like <laughs> hanging about this store right now in today's money. <laughs> Isn't it so fitting that mm-hmm. the Corys would meet on screen for the first time in a comic book shop like this? Totally. By the way, Feldman would dress like this in how many movies? He either dresses like this or Michael Jackson. Well, it's like that's like Rambo. What does it sure say that thy waltz when why waltz when you can I can't read this shit, but uh, um, I love it because it's almost like a comic book origin. Yes. You know, it's like <laughs> it feels yes. a lot like that. Like the, the Frog Brothers feel like established comic book characters too that he's bumping into that like, you know, they're 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 the they should have been I guess you couldn't call them the Van Helsing brothers, but that's who that's their analog. They split Van Helsing in half and de aged <laughs> uh, Batman number 14, they said. Batman number 12. I wonder what that one is. Oh, yeah. I'm struggling to keep track of the audio here. I should have put the subtitles on. But... Oh, definitely subtitles. <laughs> well, I can't do it now. I'd have to stop. But uh, for, the, for, for Lost Boys, the tribe, you better believe it. <laughs> Again, if you want to do that as a commentary. <laughs> Reaction. Goes. Yeah, those are the books. Yeah, that's one. Of the, those are the books you could like get on Etsy. It's pretty cool. Like all that stuff. If you're into that collecting and everything, I don't really have the room for it anymore. So, like the most of the dude vampire spoiler alert. If for whatever reason the first time you're watching this movie is with us on audio commentary. <laughs> but the vampires are bikers. But Jamie Gertz almost has a uh, uh, gypsy vibe to her. Well, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, uh, she's also the only one dressed in white, so she sticks out really well yeah. like that. The contrast. You know who the bikers kind of remind me of, and like maybe it's because I recently watched a lot of this, but like they remind me of like the the bad Mogwais and Gremlins. You know? <laughs> like, like they each have a very small distinguishing characteristic. At least in Gremlins too, they did. Um, but Kiefer definitely like could be named Stripe. 
<laughs> I can see that. Sad sack. So let me uh, go through some trivia. I'm going to dot some trivia in from time to time. Uh, Lost Boys opened at the box office, right? Number two that weekend. Oh. Uh, 1987, the year of my birth, by the way. Uh, it was a summer release, so probably, you know, movies stayed in theaters a little bit longer at that time. Yeah. And so probably when I was born in August, Lost Boys, you still probably could have caught it. Not a Halloween movie. A lot of people think that. But it is a summer movie as well. They're at the beach, you know. Yeah. A, another great Corey shirt on screen, by the way. Uh, awesome. but, Dude, his whole wardrobe, man. I mean, do you remember the, not to interrupt, but there was a clothing line called Jams, I believe. And <laughs> I was, I'm not familiar with that. Oh, man. It was like all kinds of Hawaiian jorts and things like that and like crazy Hawaiian print and style but like very 90s i don't know it's a very new wave what a car what, what a car a cory in a car i just get excited right how could you not <laughs> so lost boys open at number two i'm trying to see what opened at number one that same weekend Oh man, this comic book store is so dope. They got that Frank Miller Dark Knight poster up. They got pinball machines. Can you venture uh, a guess on what might have opened number one? This year? What year are we at? 1987 July. No, was that Aliens? Let's see. Trying to find the exact date it opened. This is cool, though. I love the way this is directed. This sequence, like, this to me feels like a mark of a really good director at times, if anybody listening cares what I think about filmmaking. But, like, the Frog Brothers are acting so committed to their beliefs, and Corey is just, you know, he's playing that that, uh, skeptic role, like the Doubting Thomas thing, so perfectly, you know? And it's like, he knows his shit, too. So he almost, you could feel like he doesn't want to be told something that he doesn't know. Or I don't know. There's just such a great chemistry between all three of these kids. I'm surprised that other kid uh, wasn't in like Dream a Little Dream or some shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> the other Frog Brother. I, I And I don't know. Is he brought back for the Lost Boys sequels? Because I know the Frog Brothers are the main characters in those. Basically, because Corey gonna, Feldman was in charge. We're, we're going to find out when our audience finds out. Live. <laughs> Fair enough. Mike, I think you're going to really, really like... Uh, so, July 31st, 1987, top 10 films, right? I'm going to... Okay. Sorry, I'm going to do top 11 because they're that cool. Um, number 11 that weekend, Predator. It already came out, you know what I mean? Like, people just oh, watching oh, Predator. Oh, all right, all right. I have to interject because a pet peeve right here. That she's getting her ear pierced on the boardwalk. Folks... <laughs> If I may, now that I've been working uh, next to a piercing studio for almost a year, like, don't get your ear pierced on the boardwalk, please. That is very unsanitary. PSA for Mike Manzi. So, Predator. Number 11, Predator. Wow. Number 10, Adventures in Babysitting, which is awesome. Okay. How, all right, this is, this is, all right, keep going. This is amazing. Uh, so, just FYI, Predator had already been out eight weeks in the theater. Adventures Under Babysitting had already been out five weeks in the theater. Nice. Number nine, Dragnet. 
<laughs> yes, I saw that. I saw that on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Which had already been out six weeks. Number okay. eight, Full Metal Jacket, one of my favorites. Also Whoa, already wow. out six weeks. What a fucking summer, man. Now, Full I Metal Jacket. Every day. I know, right? And Full Metal Jacket was a slow burn. Um, and it was actually climbing up the charts at that point. Nice. Back when movies had like time to, to play. Number seven, one of your favorites. This film had been out two weeks already. Superman 4, The Quest oh, for Peace. I saw that in theaters. I remember vividly, vividly watching that in theaters at the Washington Township. <laughs> oh, I love that theater, yeah. <laughs> All right. Number six is a weird one. It was a re-release of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh, okay. I have a note on that, but first, is it hard to drive motorcycles on the sand like this? Is this a vampire thing? Is this like because they kind of morph into like dirt bikes, if you notice, right? Like I'm pretty sure at one point they had like motorcycles. Oh my god, dude! I think you're right. I think it's like a shot by shot thing, like (laughs) right. Anyway, because Michael also seems. Yeah, but Michael is also like, I can't do this. I'm not a supernatural being. Like, I don't have that kind of control over everything. Um, so oh, my thing about Snow, sorry. my thing about Snow White though is that like, and this is just from watching Close Encounters so much. He, there's a scene where in one of the versions where he's like, "Hey, Pinocchio is playing," you know, like so Disney before or around VHS, they would they had the vault right, and they would occasionally re-release their old movies in theaters uh, and things like that to hype up the home release Mm, that makes sense and also because that movie probably wasn't in theaters for like 25 years or something yeah that definitely makes sense well it was clearly doing well here uh quickly on the group of baddie vampires here this is 87 Mm. they're also very hair metal-y right oh yeah 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 absolutely it's poison they're they are they're a glam band absolutely (laughs) i want to hear their music more than anything (laughs) All right, so let's continue this awesome summer of 1987 films. Number five, it'd been in the theater two weeks prior. It is the film Summer School, a favorite year at Texas Lumber Party. All right, yeah. Number four, three weeks in the theater, RoboCop. Oh, shit. Amazing. Too bad that's not a high school film. (laughs) I mean, we did part three on Third Times a Charm, Larson and I, and... uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's just I just felt like that. Yeah, it deserved much better. Speaking of three, uh, this is Kyle's father's favorite film. Uh, wow. It was in the theater two weeks at that point. Okay, La Bamba. Oh, I love that movie. I saw that at, in Hawthorne. Um, I have vivid memories of that too. And uh, at the time of this recording, I just got an email. It's coming out on the Criterion Collection nice. soon. Nice. Got to yes. cover that in high school slumber parties because of course. New audio commentary with Isai Morales and Moon Diamond Phillips. Nice. But of course, he dies so young, it counts as a teen film. Oh, yeah. He was a teen. He was in high school. There's yeah. high school stuff in there. Donna's a high schooler, I think. Yeah. Number two is Lost Boys, as we mentioned in its debut week. Okay. And number one, I've named all those movies. It was. It came out this weekend in 1987, July 30th. Debuted at number one? Debuted at number one. Okay, then we could talk about the Batcave here. Oh, we have to. So it is part of a series. That's all I'll say. All right, and I, my guess was Aliens. I was probably wrong, but... Wait, I want to make sure it's the, the, the right movie. <laughs> the suspense. Well, there's the George Morrison poster. 
Uh, I guess that's the more the doors. Right? I wonder what what what. Oh, the, Jim what Morrison. Deeper... I was like, who? George Morrison. Oh, George Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, fellow kids. I know what I'm talking about. Actually, By the way, the, is the kid the is the kid dressed as a Confederate soldier? I thought he was more of a Napoleon kind of guy. Like he looks more like he's wearing French stuff. But I could be wrong. But I'm wondering now if there's like a deeper Jim Morrison kind of meaning and why did look at Corey's poster on his door oh yeah and oh yeah all, i talked all about i'm wondering this a lot. is if there's some you know joel schumacher openly gay f- filmmaker i wonder if there's just some by the way do you, what poster on. do you see now do you see behind her head who's that it's just another it's just it's a very applicable of... to high school slumber party damn i hope you see it again is that ali sheedy it is molly ringwald. Swatch watch molly ringwald i was so close there's a Swatch watch, giant Swatch watch hanging. For, I wanted one of those. So yeah, those are awesome. <laughs> His room is so cool. And I was always fascinated, not always, like in the last couple of years, fascinated. Like they just moved in and they set the room up so fast. I'm moving no, into my apartment. They... I'm still putting stuff on my walls, you know. I, how how long have they been here, man? It's got to be like almost a mm. month, right? Maybe how fast is this movie moving? How fast is this movie moving? It's a good question. <laughs> So, so, no no venturing of a guest on what was the number one movie that weekend? Brian, for the third time, Aliens, mm-hmm. part of a franchise. I can't, I, I'm sorry. I saw it in, yeah. I saw it's it Rob in Lowe, theaters. by the way. The poster's Rob Lowe. Oh, okay, yeah. Rob Lowe, like, pulling his shirt up. To, <laughs> look at that. Ah, I'm no. not saying there's, there's nothing. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying I never really noticed that, and I think that's a very nice touch. All right, we have to get into this scene, so I'll just tell you what the movie is. The movie is The Living Daylights. Oh, James Bond. I love that one. Is that the one I like, or I like <laughs> License to Kill? I think License to Kill is the better one, but Dalton's my Bond. I really am no joke. That's, that is the uh, archetype for the Daniel Craig Bond. It's the first time he really goes rogue and has a bad attitude. Oh, here we go. By the way, I should have been eating Chinese food while doing this. That's, that's your ideal Lost Boys meal. Next time, Brian, Brian, when we do the tribe, we'll get the Chinese food. I'll dress in black. Oh, black maggots. So cool. Nice insert shot, too. What's with the monster picture behind her? There's like a monster. Oh, it's the monsters. Oh, that I get because they're kind of like the monsters. By the way, Keith, Keith Sutherland's like shoulder pads, very 80s. Mm-hmm. It's rice, you idiot. And then the the, the um, noodles, right? Yeah. What the worms? Oh, mind games, yeah. To your pressure. It, it's so <laughs> crazy that Alex Winter is just like this background character, and he's like so iconic in Bill and Ted. I mean, Freaked is just that should be on my top four letterbox for a while because that movie is incredible. Have you seen Freak? Yeah, I, that's a movie I yeah. actually caught a lot as a kid. They used to have it on like TNT wow. a lot. Really? Yeah, I just adore that movie. so. And then, yeah, he's Mr. so T. good in the villain's heads. Yeah, Mr. T as the bearded lady. <laughs> Bobcat Goldthwait as the sock puppet guy and stuff. Oh, like, yeah. It's just, that's so, it's Keanu's in that as uh, Ortiz the dog boy. I like, forgot about tons, that. Tons of wacky craziness there. I wish he worked more in film because he's really good. Yeah, he is. Oh, is this the blood? But they never bite him, right? 
No, I think in the lore of this one, if you drink blood, you become a vampire. But like, like I'm cool with that. Like, I don't need you to bite him. But like, I always thought he, they, that someone bit. Does she bite him during sex or something? Maybe. Because this only goes so far, right? Like, you could drink the blood, but like that—that's only like half of well, it. Well, we're gonna we're to gonna like, find out together. By the way, yeah, this is so Michael, Michael. But this is yeah. so. Um, teenage, right? Like, uh, believe oh, it or yeah. not, they're supposed peer to be pressure. teenagers. Yeah, peer pressure, exactly. You're a new kid in town. You want to be with the cool kids. You want to prove your worth and prove, you know, you're you're courageous. And he... Uh, is he the only non-blonde too? Maybe. No, that guy's brunette. Okay, I thought maybe that was like they were just saying something there. Also, go <laughs> back to the Jim Morrison little fade did they bring in the thou shall not again oh they bring it in a lot but like that i think this is why kyle's trying to use it because he's being initiated here so it's oh like my... no. <laughs> that's well, funny what do you call this when you have like an overlay over another shot it's a montage it's montage you know uh we are in the montage family there might be like a more expressive term for it maybe like collage montage because you it's not just going from one shot to another it's doing like that whole thing sam raimi loves to do as well but this is really well done with the like the overlay yeah and all that yeah someone uh was it kyle someone had a we'll just say a playlist to play for a lady friend when they would come over and I remember telling him to include that song. Wait a second. She'd come over and he'd hit play, and it would be like, like Usher I, I or really like. Trying. Yeah, you know. Like... Um, that's amazing. <laughs> He's smoother than I am. That's all I know. This is really well looking. Like, this is really. Oh, great love, this love this scene. Love this scene. Like, this freaked me. I remember watching this movie for the first time in a sleepover. I think it was, like, one of the first days after sixth or seventh grade ended. I was staying over at a friend's house with some other friends, and we watched this. And this scene came up, and I was like, I just remember for some reason being, I mean, rightfully being terrified at that age about this. Like, thinking, like, kind of maybe even, like, looking around at my friends being like, if they were doing this, like, I might not be able to do this. You know? <laughs> like, why would I do this to, to, to be cool? I definitely know? won't. I'm afraid of, I'm not afraid of heights. I'm afraid of falling. This scares well, the hell out of that. me. Like, it's such a great tease because by now we know they're the vampires and everything. But, like, he's still kind of like, what the fuck is going on with these guys? You know, why would they do this? Um, there, There's, like... Why does he trust him so much? He's such an outsider himself. It never occurred to me. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, I don't know if he's... He's definitely under a trance here, but it's also sort of like, you know, tough guy contest. He doesn't seem all the way out of it here. Like, because he gets freaked out. No, no. I mean, it's definitely like they're doing like a dare you, right? Dare you to do this. Like, dare to do this. Like, how far are you going to go? Like, this is what, like, can you hang? It's funny. It almost reminds me of, uh, in a very much more lighthearted way, in American Graffiti, when the pharaohs catch, yeah. um, 
catch that guy um, played by who's, who's uh, oh he looks like you uh, Richard Dreyfus. Oh, uh, they catch Richard Dreyfus sitting on his car, yeah. <laughs> and they like make him do that shit to the uh, cop cars like induction. Like it's more hazing. Yes, it's hazing. You're right again. Another reason why Kyle's fraternity probably used this song. <laughs> I mean, maybe like I wasn't even supposed to say that. Maybe like that's against code. Ooh, but what 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 are the odds they're going to listen to this podcast? Kyle certainly doesn't listen. See, they, they got ears listening everywhere. Well, if he gets kicked out, I'll just laugh. Um, this is yeah, I would. Sorry, I was just gonna say like this is no, yeah, scary. Yeah. Like legitimately, like that's what I'm saying. Like it's it, like it's. It's shot so perfectly, like that mist that like you don't know what's there. If the water's right there, the water could be right there, and you hear them say "drop" or whatever, like it's okay. What else are you gonna do? You can't hold on. That's like it, a nightmare. It's like literally a, a trust fall, right? Like mm. trust us, and but you're so right. Like the water could be five feet away, or it could be it like eternity, and that's what it really yeah. is here. Yeah, it seems to be more of the latter. Uh, that's wild. I always love um, that. I love that. Like it, the, it's a great transition. Yes. Like that is such good filmmaking. Like he is a like Joel Schumacher is an artist, man. Like didn't he also direct like Mannequin or some shit? Like, <laughs> I know he made some goofy movies. He made some. He made like Eight Millimeter with Cage. Like that is a dark. That might be his darkest movie. But like I didn't even know he'd have it. Like you could have that in you. But like. He's made some crazy stuff over the over the years, man. And then, of course, the Batman. Like, it's so funny that he dealt with bats here, and maybe, <laughs> you know. And this is a Warner's film, so they own that property as well. Maybe they were going through their list of directors, and they're like, Joel Schumacher. He's he's worked with bats before. Like, uh, vampires is close enough to Batman. Let's see what he'll do with the property. And I love too, like uh, in this scene, it's just like it could be a hangover, right? Like. Oh, totally. You're still not 100% sure. Another great Corey shirt. Damn. We need the Corey line. Like, this is, like, better than Dan Flash's, like, <laughs> off of I Think You Should Leave. You know what I'm talking about? With a, with a, you spend your per diem because the styles are so complicated on the shirts. But, like, you need a Corey pop-up shop, dude. I, I kind of agree with you. Uh, quickly on Joel Schumacher. Obviously, we lost him in 2020 um, yes. at, at the... I mean, he lived a long life, 80 years old. and Oh, wow. Bless him. His filmography is amazing. St. Elmo's <laughs> Fire, Lost Boys, <laughs> Falling Down, which I know is a controversial movie oh, now, man, but man. like, it, it's a crazy movie. Uh, it's, that movie's insane. The Client, Batman Forever, A Time to Kill, but like, you know, uh, Batman. Wait, was The Client also with uh, Tom Cruise, or was that... What am I thinking of the Tom Cruise? No, not The Client. I'm thinking of... The client the is Susan movie. Sarandon, Tommy Lee Jones. Okay. Um, I'm thinking of the firm. <laughs> <laughs> the firm, eight millimeter. Uh, you know, I think Grandpa knows in this scene. No, Grandpa's too preoccupied, right? I don't know. I think Grandpa knows. No, because if he that. knew, I think he'd be more concerned. Okay, good call. The taxidermy stuff is amazing here. I know it's so bizarre. But again, like, kind of makes sense in a way. Like, if he is supposed to be some kind of weird Van Helsing 
thing or other. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of is that like he started that way in one draft, and then they were like, you know what, the Frog Brothers are way cooler. Like, let's give everything to him. No one wants to be hanging out with their grandpa chasing vampires. <laughs> so, this movie, as we said, this is how the Corys originally got together: Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. They actually bonded because all the older actors, like the the older kids, if you will. Uh, yeah. would go out drinking and partying at mm-hmm. night and they sort of would stay behind and they would go to the arcade and real comic shops and again yeah. they were in Santa Cruz so they bonded like kids together here which I think is so cool, cool. that's awesome it's probably more like camp yeah was there anything about this movie when um, in that the two Corys yeah. uh, thing that we watched the Lifetime movie yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's so wild. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm reading. Uh, I'm reading about Joel Schumacher in this film. That's why I'm laughing okay. out loud. And yeah. when asked why he did the movie, Joel Schumacher simply stated, "Vampires are hot. They're the only erotic monsters. Frankenstein is not hot." <laughs> <laughs> I think I agree with him. Let's do the list. Um, is a mummy hot? No, no, not in the mummy form, no. Is a werewolf hot? Can be. Some people are into that, like where Furries. <laughs> Just uh here suit. Uh Okay. Alright. So, you know, maybe. Maybe. Uh vampire's definitely sexy for I mean that's always Wait, been part of Sorry, the... gotta gotta nope. cut you off. All good again. Any t- no Corey in the tub singing is rub a dub dub. I got Corey in the tub <laughs> to the Splish, dog. Splash, I was taking a bath, <laughs> hanging out with my dog. <laughs> um, what is this too? Wait, he's just home on like a night. His mom's working. It's just a, a normal night. His brother's supposed to be washing watching him, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna hang out and chill in the bath. I, mean, I guess. I guess. I don't care. When did I stop taking baths? I mean, definitely single digits. I, I have an I adult friend. I have an adult friend who's still very much a bath man, and, and I think. Well, it's I feel like it come. It, it came back. Like it comes back when you're older, or like it becomes something else. You know, it's like more for relaxing. But like, if you're gonna bathe, like you jump in the shower nowadays and like do it, or at least I don't know. When I take a bath, I feel like I have to shower after. <laughs> I've heard that before. By the way, like this is the worst hangover ever, isn't it? I, yeah, this is pretty, this is something he should have messed with on Teen Wolf too. Like the whole, the whole like he could they could have worked that into that. I'm getting a little like if Teen Wolf. I know it's a werewolf and this is a vampire, but this almost feels like the um, the harder version of that movie in a lot of ways. I know we're not in high school, but we're still like the teen. Yeah, they're teens for stuff, sure. The teen monsters. Yeah, like. Up. That. If there was going to be like a, a true teen monster squad, then like Michael. A multiverse? Yeah, would meet up with. What's it? I forgot his character's name. Scott. Scott. I was gonna Scott say, Howard. I was going to say Alex, but that's Alex P. Keaton. <laughs> um, okay, so what are the other Universal Monsters and are they hot? Right. So we have. Well, the Bride of Frankenstein super hot. If you're, if you're yeah. attracted to women, like, she is uh, gorgeous. Even with the stitch, the stitching, the hair. Uh, it's like, it's like, I mean, that's like the Marge Simpson. <laughs> like, I never realized that. Fair enough. Um, who else we got? 
the gill man the creature from the black goon no, no i don't know no. I, don't, I don't really consider that attractive no. um i suppose uh there's a variety of hunchbacks and one of them is a very attractive nurse female nurse uh <laughs> if, if you're attracted to women like she like that was such a twist in one of them i think that was house of dracula or, or house of frankenstein one of those oh that's a great effect He's disappearing. It's so Back to the Future. He's like, oh, look at that robe. And yeah, the robe's great. And Corey's reaction: My brother's a vampire, and he's just like, "You're a vampire, Michael." Oh man! Was, did he do the crucifix with his fingers? I think he I did. Think he that, did right? like really briefly. Yeah. Oh my God, Brian! This is so good. <laughs> the cool, I can't get over the Corey line of fashion. Reform school girl poster we might have to watch that in, as an adjacent episode to this I like, like uh, offshoots of Corey so the what IMDB the trivia by the way has uh, an explanation for uh, the Rob Lowe poster Joel Schumacher said that it was there because he had recently directed Rob Lowe in St. Elmo's Fire Sam has a poster of Rob Lowe on the inside of the closet door the poster has sparked years of debate whether, whether or not Schumacher was making a subtextual statement about Sam's sexuality. No. Interesting. Schumacher also has Sam wearing an ear stud, riding a pink bicycle, and being more fashion conscious than the other characters. So a lot of people have hypothesized through these very stereotypical means. I'm not saying I agree. Yes. But that... Uh, that's, uh, that's how you would code a character back then the best you could, though. You know? Yeah, like Corey Haim's character might be gay. Not that it, like... really look... No, I, I think it works really well because you look at the Frog Brothers and they're definitely supposed to be like macho, right? Like that. Like I could be like, well, that's that's a very sort of easy stereotypical depiction of two boys who are straight. You know, we don't want to get it wrong that these two boys are hanging out with each other for other reasons. So like they're acting a very certain way, right? Like their anger is controlling them. <laughs> um, whereas like Corey is like not at all. Like he's very more free spirited. It seems like he's and if you notice, like it doesn't seem like he ever comes under anyone's control, so to speak, in this movie. Right. Like that's kind of cool, too. It's know. very cool. I'm just bullshitting now. But like, no, but like I, I never thought of it that way. But like if it. I mean, it, it's very plausible. I like talk. I like when movies, you know, you watch them for like five or six times, and on like the sixth time, like you you notice shit like this. Like sometimes that's what's so great about like you know they call re rewatch value or replay value and stuff. And talking about things tonight about this movie that I've never thought about. Apparently, there's a Joel Schumacher commentary. So if you don't like our commentary, find that one. Yeah, right? Oh, look at that. It's so cool. Like, what, what, uh, this is like a Fellini movie at times. Like, the fears, you know? Yeah. Like, nightmarish fears and the dreams you have of, like, getting, like, pulled away without your control and all that stuff. Like, what's happening to Michael is very wild. Very true. <laughs> and, like, the visualization of it, uh, works so well with sort of, like, the, the whole, like, um, growing pains of like the angst and stuff so something interesting in the trivia here <laughs> she just takes off <laughs> um so i was looking at schumacher's imdb and clicking stuff and he directed the 2004 phantom of the opera film and andrew lloyd oh, okay. weber 
actually watched this was like this guy directs music well with oh i gotta i gotta i gotta watch that one then i just watched the 1989 one with robert england and i was displeased it was so confusing really? and like it was more of like a jack the ripper movie but what's even worse is it started in 1989 and you think it's gonna be like phantom of the opera of modern day you know, with like synthesizers and all that interpretive dance and shit. But like early on, the girl like gets knocked out at an audition and fantasizes that she's back in Victorian times and the movie plays out and it's very Jack the Ripper. It's not a lot of music. Uh, and then she like comes to in the future again and I don't want to spoil it, but it, it's, it's disappointing. Oh. So she was also in um, Parenthood with Keanu. Oh, that's cool. All right. And also in there was Leaf Phoenix. Nice connection. By the way, the movie says Michael 118 times. Wow. Don't take a shot. <laughs> that, is not, that is not a drinking game. Nope. This is such an 80s movie in a good way, right? Like, this is... When I think of iconic 80s films... This comes up because it's like, again, it's a horror movie, sure, but it's a Corey movie. It's a teen movie. It's a lot of cross-genre things, and I think it's been very influential. In fact, what was it? Yeah. Uh, there's a Jordan Poole movie that, like, supposedly uh, mentions this. Which one? Oh, Us. Have you seen that one? Oh, Jordan Peele. Peele, Peele. Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole's a basketball player. <laughs> yeah. Jordan Peele's Us, like, uh, references this film. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like that's... Hopefully they'll never, like, remake it, you know? Like, it's one of those kinds of movies. Yes, it has a bunch of potentially crappy sequels that I've heard of. Like, they're not great. We're going to watch them together and find out. But, you know, it's, it's become... I, I hate to use the term cult classic because of how well-liked it is, but, like... I don't know. It's just a great movie. Like, it's so much fun. And I guess, okay, so to the point of it sort of like genre bending things, um, like, I guess that's where you mash up like all of the high school tropes with all of the horror tropes. Yeah. You know? And so, like, it, it's fun to play with more of that, like, um, the, the more of like, um, like the attitudes and like the behavior of teenagers when they're, when they're dealing with, monsters and authority and people in charge and stuff and like it almost becomes this kind of like oh if the vampire's an adult we're like we finally get to like take out all of our rage on on our parents on that adult vampire or whatever like it's a fun it's a fun sort of opportunity to play with the tropes of both um styles a lot more yeah no for sure Ooh. and i don't know that a lot of movies have really i mean I don't want to say that there's not a lot of movies that have teenage monsters these days. It's just sad that I can't think of enough to come to mind right now. You know, like we, we don't have like our American pie series, but of like teenage monster, high school monsters. I think there was a bunch in the nineties. Um, the faculty well, comes to teenage... mind. What does the faculty? Well, there's a lot of teenage horror, but like, you know, Oh, not like monsters. Like an... Yeah. Like your traditional yeah. monsters of what you're saying. Right, because I just feel like it, it has a different connotation when you're working like 
that's more of an invasion of the body snatcher kind of thing i feel like that yeah. has more sci-fi vibes and things and like yeah i was just feeling like you know going back like like a pack of well there's twilight right like twilight is literally the only one i can think of <laughs> but that's not like, and like this is fun like twilight as much as i love it is not supposed to be fun like there's a fun element <laughs> well, you said it's not supposed to be fun i mean i have fun with it you know that I know, but it's just so bizarre that like people would make a movie and be like, "This movie's not supposed to be fun." Um, it's about teenage vampires, and like we don't want any fun. <laughs> um, so here's another bit of trivia: as you know, Richard Donner is the producer, right? Richard Donner, yep. Superman, so many other great stuff, right? Um, he was originally going to direct the film, but oh, okay. as production was slowing down and it took him a while. He had to move on to another project as we watched this. Lethal Weapon? Yes, it was Lethal Weapon, correct. Nice. As we watched this sex scene together. And Brian, when it comes to podcasting, I think I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> okay, so so uh, I have more sort of theory about how he changes. And I believe, like, you know, coitus, like, having sex, right, like, doing the deed you could transfer that power oh yeah I, I i feel like that's how a lot of people become like werewolves is like they accidentally sleep with the werewolf <laughs> they don't really realize. Um, but i've seen that like a lot uh throughout the years just like sleeping with the monster it makes sense too like as a trope right like mm-hmm. you know or especially from like as like a maybe in the 80s even like a sexual disease kind of vibe well, yeah, yeah like there's that caught for vamp- sure. He caught being a vampire because they had unprotected sex. Like, uh, I'm now reading kind of stuff. Are you familiar uh, with this actor named Kelly Joe Minter? Um, I might be if I take a look. Take a quick look because apparently she had a huge role in the film that was in this film. Yeah, that was completely cut out. Like there's like she's on the background here or there. But she had like a lot of speaking roles, and it's no longer a thing. Oh, interesting. I don't rec. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. So she's in summer school. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. I knew I recognized her. Yeah, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, one of them. Was she in? Was that four or five? I think that was the Dream Five. Okay. Very fun. That's a lot of that's a lot of uh, high school horror for you there, Brian. Those Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Oh, yeah. By the way, Michael's look with the sunglasses, like the disheveled sunglasses, is like so... Like, Well, he almost is, is doing... It's almost like a Brando thing. Yeah. Like, it's not quite a motorcycle jacket, but he's got blue jeans, white shirt, blue jeans, white shirt, black jacket, Cadillac, yeah. <laughs> you know, Rhyme Bomb by Ranson was in one of them. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and then he's got the the cool shades, and the mom being like lit so with the pink and everything, so motherly. Look how. But it's also yeah. like a teenage parable, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. like a uh, like you don't know what I'm going through, mom. <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I think that's why it works so well. Like that's why you could use other monsters. You could do more than just my boyfriend's back, right? Like that's a hilarious movie, you know. Yes. Philip Seymour Hoffman. But like, you 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 know you could probably do a really good 
teenage like zombie movie about going back to school as a zombie. I think there was one with Nick Holt that was pretty kind of like that. Oh, yeah. God, what's the name of that one? Yeah, I forgot. Along those lines. But like that's something that tried to do it differently and put some subtext to it that they don't usually attribute to those types of movies. This movie is so... Like, the pace is really good, right? Like, we're through at least half, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, more than half. Yeah, we got less than an hour to go. Oh, it's so cool how the parallels, like, he's reading about it as it's happening, and it's like the Hellhound, and you see the Hellhound, like, so well written. Like, not afraid either, Joel Schumacher, to, like, be a little obvious, but not condescending, if you know what I'm trying to mean. Like, sometimes directors are just, like, so on the nose, and, like, this would play out, I think, cornier. But he takes it like to this level where it's like vicious, you know, and it, and it plays out more dangerous, I feel. Yeah, I was impressed the f- first time I watched this movie as an adult with the fact that it wasn't super, super dark, that like it, it felt light, but that mm-hmm. you're right that it also wasn't campy, if that makes sense. Like it, it, yeah, it is campy, thought... but not to a crazy level, you know? No. I don't feel like it really... I mean, he gets it kind of out of the way early with the sax guy. Like, <laughs> saxophone man and Corey's clothes are kind of like the only thing really pushing this out of the realm of it being, like, super grounded. And I don't even think... I think people dress like Corey. So, like, it's not even that. I think it's just the sax guy. You know? <laughs> like, um, so one of the issues it, I have with horror... Like, you know, I, I like horror, I'm just not an expert, whatever, but, like, sometimes it feels like you need to be in on the joke for a lot of horror. And it's not necessarily always a joke, but... Um, well, I think it's... Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't love that, but I feel like what that comes from is there's, like, almost, like, at this point, a finite number of... a few. So, like, at one point, there was just, like, a finite number of monsters, right? So there was kind of, like, all you could learn about them. at so, Or you could kind of get your head around most of it. And then I feel like they've just the lore has been around for so long that most people know a lot of it, you know? And so it's hard to consider the newbie all the time, you know? And that's what you just got to try and remember as a filmmaker is just you know, this is going to be someone's first horror film, you know? I think... Uh, I think I Jordan like Peele, does, like we mentioned we mentioned him earlier. I think he does a good w- version. Like his films, at least I feel like um, the first one and Nope, like they definitely do a good job of being like, you don't really even need to have ever watched a horror film and I'm going to like show you what's scary or what's going to scare the hell out of you. Yeah, that's a really good point. I also feel like this is an entry-level horror film. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I think anyone can watch this and and have a good time. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm totally in favor of the stuff that's more, in the know, uh, you know, genre wise, right? That's like totally cool too. But it could turn some people off if you just pop in like Nightmare on Elm Street four for somebody, you know? Yeah, and and what's 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 tough is like even the first of a series can feel sometimes like yeah. you're watching the third or fourth one. Yeah. So I, I but what, one thing I'd like to kind of touch base on, I guess a little harder. Oh, he, he recognizes him. 
grandpa recognizes this dude. But um, is that like, you know, I feel like one reason this movie works so well is the balance of of horror and comedy, you know, and like that was that was kind of figured out really early on. Like James Wales figured that out really early on with like Bride of Frank, even with Frankenstein, but Bride of Frankenstein specifically, I feel like reset a lot of expectations for audiences and studios to be like, you can't really you can and it's okay to go like full horror but it's sometimes it's better when you balance that with the light moments and the comedy um and it's best if it's comedy of manners too and and character it comes from the character less the situation uh and and then you really put the audience member off guard you catch them off balance like one minute they're laughing the next minute they're screaming as opposed to screaming their head off the whole time right like you 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 have more of an opportunity to trick them it's more of like it feels more like magic to me but i don't know i feel like schumacher definitely watched all of james whale's material and and is infusing a lot of those sensibilities into lost boys that makes sense by the way i love this dinner scene where it's all the vampire tropes. The Frog Brothers are somehow there. Like, he kind of... Uh, Corey invites... We should say Corey Haim invites them over uh, for dinner. And the mom's like, okay. And what the Parmesan cheese is garlic, right? Like, the look... The look on, like, Corey Feldman, like... <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love this scene. This is, like... Again, such great, <laughs> such great directing. Like everybody is so, they might be kind of like one note, but they play that note so perfectly. <laughs> I think the, the movie's got so many characters; it doesn't have time for them to really do much more. And I love it, this whole scene, like how they're just not subtle about any of this. <laughs> so that also, I feel like, comes from them being kids. Yeah, and like that's what I love about like the, the precociousness of like being children. And it's so positive that they're right; <laughs> they're gonna get this guy. <laughs> uh, it's funny because the first time I watched this movie, I'm like, they're just idiots. The vampires are like, you know, uh, like uh, Keith Sutherland and that crew, and like yeah, if they yeah. have a big bad, it's not someone like this dude. Like I don't know why I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. But this scene does a really good job of it, because like yeah. of like uh, having you buy in, because he's passing all the vampire tests. Oh, man, and I love at the end just to skip the end when they're like, "You invited me in," or someone invited me in, you know. So like everything was like useless against him and mm. stuff. But like, yeah, it's such a great moment in the film where it's like you might start getting suspicious about this guy. You know, he kind of gave the, the the punks a dirty look at one point, or I should say the glam band, a dirty look, and they, they beat it. And then he's got the vicious dog. He wasn't around during the day. But this scene is like, puts it out of your mind, you know? It's really well done. It's like a nice little dance. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And at this point, you're... Hey, grandpa. <laughs> at this point, the movie feels like it's two separate stories that are, yes, in- intertwined, but you have Michael's, like, darker glam metal vampire story. Like, His audition. Yeah. And you have... Uh, what is Corey's character's name? I don't even know. Um, Sam? Sam's... Yeah, Sam's... Sam Emerson. Sam's journey... 
or a journey like more whimsical fun let's find out who the vampire is it could all be bullshit anyway he's yeah he's playing detective like he is encyclopedia brown and they're the hardy boys and they're running around trying to solve the case of the killer vampires and the missing children so yeah i think it i think it's split real oh this if i recall this becomes real gruesome too this this kill this little like bunch of punks that they eat up and is joe schumacher trying to say that punk is dead with <laughs> <Maybe>. this sequence <laughs> by eating the punk rockers by having the fucking hair metal band eat them alive uh, it's but i like it i think it was a very natural divergent of the movie and it comes back together too you know like they're off in the in the you know, fun and games section having their own fun and games. It's he's falling deeper under their spell, and Corey's you know matching wits with the with the other guy. It's funny that like not funny but interesting that the gore they look like a circle jerk album cover. I'm sorry, <laughs> but the gore hasn't really been there yeah. yet, right? Like it's all implied. Yeah, they've had kills, but it hasn't been like oh my god. But they've been intense, nevertheless, right? Because you get these amazing sweeping camera moves from so high above. And, like, you know, you must have just put it on a string or dangled it from a helicopter or, or had a crane just up there and stuff. And so, like, the impact of the sequences before, like, the the, um, the roof of the car getting, like, ripped off and then just getting yeah. yanked out and stuff. Uh, but here we see them in their full glory. Yeah, like this is like they look awesome. Because before you could be like, oh, so you're a vampire, but it's pretty subtle. Like you do serious things, but it's not like now we get like fangs and yeah. Now that was feeding time. Like this is like okay, you're in the club, and this is the last thing you got to do. L- like what making your bones <laughs> in the mafia. This is essentially yeah. what it is. Right, your first kill, and it's. I mean, it's oh, when he bites into his head like that. And it's got to be tough on the ego, right? To think that you're hot shit, you move to this new town, and then you find out, like, there's a, you're trying to hang with these new kids, and then it turns out that they're vampires, and, like, oh, they're literally making a bonfire out of these dudes. They're having a barbecue. There's a drug aspect of this as well, right? Like, mm, uh, yeah. you know, like hard drugs, like heroin and, and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, you know, he looks just like Jim Morrison right now, right? He does. Like that is the, there's the connection. Look at that. Yeah, you you're right on with the drug thing too, right? Yeah, like they look like like, like especially there, they're tweaked out. Exactly, like you know, he and uh, Michael got a little taste of it, right? And he's you know tweaking sort of. <laughs> but you know, he's really in it for the girl like he doesn't really like he doesn't i don't even feel like he likes these dudes so much he's just kind of putting up with them because they hang out with her and they're real like dominant and shit you know and so like in order to sleep with her he's had to like hang with her brothers and stuff you know (laughs) i don't know what would that band be called let's say they're not vampires vampire week oh Uh, (laughs) (laughs) vampire weekend um yeah, what would that band be called? Uh, I mean, the Lost Boys would have been a great oh, name yeah. for that band. But I guess we got it. We got to try and think of one more. Do you like the title, The Lost Boys? Yeah, I do actually, because it 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 could this movie, like we've been talking about, could exist 
without vampires. I, I wholeheartedly believe that this would be a very strong teen drama, like like River's Edge or something like yeah. that, or you know, or a Permanent Record. I'm thinking of more Keanu movies, but like, you know, I feel like it has the bones to be. Uh, to to stand on its own too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want it without vampires. Like, however, er, it, every beat is there. You know, you just replace it, like you said. You, like you actually have them doing heroin. You have the little brother freaking out because his older brother's stealing from him and beating him up and trying to steal his shit for drugs or whatever. You know, like, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I hope that did that answer your question. I think so. Uh, by the way. The Lost Girls was talked about very early Ooh. on. That was originally supposed to be the sequel. Uh, so from reading here, David, which is either side of the character, was supposed to come back and be the villain in it, and it was supposed to be about more girls. Um, it never got made, though, unfortunately. All right. Well, they had Lost Boys is a good title, because, so, you know, the missing children. Peter Pan as well. PPN, Staying young because you're a vampire. Boys. Yep. Forever young. Also, like, being lost, like, existentially as, like, a teenager or whatever without even knowing that's what it is at the time. 100%. Very cool. So I don't know why I have some, I have some theories. I think we'll solve it, though when we cover the Lost Boys sequels, but the Lost Boys, the tribe was made in 2008. It would reunite the Corys and then the Lost Boys, the thirst with only Corey Feldman and, and others, of course, but not Corey Haim would come out two years later. So there is technically a trilogy. So maybe when we cover the thirst, it has to be oh. a crossover. I don't know. Yes. You did. <laughs> yep. We've, that's perfect synergy. I love it. All right. I think this is a good time for me to, to hit the restroom real quick. All right. So I'll be back. In I'll talk to you guys out there in podcast land while my ball bike does his deed. Oh, great shot of the Frog Brothers. Totally Ramboed out here. Love that. So many things I want to share with Mike that I don't just want. Oh, where's Nosferatu? Classic line. El Vampiro. I always love too while watching this film how the grandpa is building a fence but it's really vampire stakes he's like getting ready for it oh no they took grandpa's car god you know one of the greatest drives you can do is that Northern California drive out there in Monterey, Santa Cruz. The views are just spectacular. I love the whole Pacific Coast. It's funny because, like, you know, when you talk about the Pacific Coast, you think of Oregon as well, and you think of the Goonies. I feel like Mike's coming back. Mike, are you there? Hi. You are back. Everything okay? Everything good. I was just telling everyone that I enjoy the Pacific Coast and that The Goonies is also a Pacific Coast film here. So mm. Corey's love mm. that Pacific. <laughs> By the way, Frog Brothers here, total, totally Ramboed out. Oh, I love this part where they hunt the nest. <clears throat> Man, this is so cool. 
they're so brave as well. Like they have no I know. hesitation. Holy shit! The balls and the nerve on these guys, and they, and they and they're expecting this too. It's not like they're gonna be that surprised that they're actual vampires. I feel like I almost feel like they they actually have. I mean, I don't think they did in the movie. It doesn't say they did. They probably have it, but it feels like they've already killed some vampires. <laughs> yeah, because they're like you said, there's zero hesitation. They're very nom. Right, it's like that. Their depiction, their nom. Like I mean, you'd be saying Rambo, but again, like Rambo was like this depiction of nom. That's that's what so, he thought. That's what I'm saying. So like, if they're aping that, he's even got a beret on. So he's the he's Rambo's handler. Yeah, remember the dude with the. With the <laughs> I remember way too. We, I don't think I've done Rambo three yet, where he fights alongside the Mujahideen. Ooh, gotta cover that. Get me on that one. I know. I know. Him and James Bond, Timothy Dalton, uh, rode horses with uh, with the Taliban against Russia. <laughs> it's true. They did. They just did. They did back then. Um, and then what was that Hanks movie? Charlie Wilson's War. It was all Charlie Wilson's fault that they uh, they super armed those guys in uh, Pakistan and shot down. You know, gave them all the missiles to shoot down. There. Anyway, this is not a civics lesson. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, uh, yeah. as we get this awesome scene, quickly so good. on the franchise, there was a novelization by oh shit, of this Craig okay. Shaw Gardner, two hundred twenty pages long. Oh, so maybe we should do a read along <laughs> where we read we alternate chapter <laughs> chapters. <laughs> uh, and as I mentioned, there's a big comic book line. That. Yeah, that seems cool. I could I could get into that. I, mean, I can't afford comics anymore, but like I would have gotten into that. What I didn't know until I did my research, though, was that there was a, there's actually a pilot out there from 2016 for a Lost Boys series that was going to be akin to like uh, uh, the Teen Wolf series on MTV or like. Dude, really? There's a it's a pilot. It's actually you think we could find? It? Maybe I don't know, but. Um... Yo, that would have fit in perfectly with like what they were doing with Teen Wolf on MTV. I didn't watch it, but like I watched an episode of Scream on MTV. So like they were doing it with that, with Teen Wolf, you know, yeah, like the WB had like Archie and Sabrina and all that kind of shit. They had iZombie, which was Mike Allred comic. This one, Uh, though, apparently was going to be seven seasons going well too many seasons already going 70 years every season was like a different decade what the no hell? that actually sorry they just staked out no, no it, it looks amazing like all the goop and all that like he's i think didn't i there's one thing i remember joel schumacher mentioning i think he makes each vampire die differently like ah. they all kind of have their own way of going out that's so cool. Yeah, really cool. Love that. Just like like a gymnast, they just do that like rotate, flip down. Oh wow! Wait, Wikipedia has a great description of this pilot. By the way, I am I am I am looking for it. Uh, it's got to be somewhere. It's got to be on YouTube f- or something under some weird name. The Frog Brothers were apparently gender swapped. Frog Sisters. Interesting. Wow, that's really cool. 
Speaking of cool, this scene is awesome. Boom. I wonder. I doubt. I mean, that's obviously not key for Sam, but it's so cool that like the guy just laid his hand on that <laughs> shot. He's like, oh, that really hurt. Damn it. People have oh, have made f- one single tear. Yeah, <laughs> people have made fun of the way the vampires look in this film. I've heard really? that. I think they look awesome. I think they look really cool. They look intense. No, they look awesome, man. Those are those are grade A vampires right there. You don't want to do much more than that. They got the yellow eyes, the fangs, and if you notice, like their foreheads, and they almost go cro magnum. Like their their bone structure protrudes a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you know that's what, what I like about yeah. it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I don't feel like okay. So like, did you ever see Blade Two? By chance, directed by Guillermo. Guillermo the, he has a very interesting take on his vampires where like the bottom of the the jaw like detaches and then like another thing comes out and it's like this and that and it's like I don't I don't need all that. I like I like <laughs> like the subtlety. I forgot about that. So um it's cool for a different monster, but like I don't know. Two other projects I want to mention. Apparently, and they've been talking about this for years. Apparently, they're going to do a reboot film. No, they should not, unless you know. I just don't think they should. But the thing that made me laugh probably the most was that a prequel musical began development by Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. No, by uh, Gerard McMahon, who did the. uh... No, Andrew Lloyd Webber was like, I saw the Lost Boys, (laughs) and then I saw what you did with the Phantom of the Opera. And I need to make this. No, but it, it, it's the guy from Cry Little Sister. Wants I don't know that. Wants to exp- if it's not if it's not Lloyd Webber I, I, <laughs> or Sodheim or something like that. I don't know. Oh, look at all these Warner Brothers movies. Oh, hey, is that Oh Lucky Day? Is that is that Elvis in the corner? Ooh. I know my eye is wandering all around the, the Frisco Kid, Camelot. You'd be like transported, you know, Loki style, to Kiss of the Spider Woman with our boy Raul Julia. You'd be transported here, and you would not yeah. even care that the vampires were doing anything. You'd be like, "Oh, no. a comic store? Oh, a video store?" <laughs> <laughs> You're right, an arcade, like a, a sexy saxophone player. <laughs> Look at the neon, though. I like the neon. Just randomly, color, yeah. Like, it's so great. My, but this is, I mean, it was like this. I, I recall some stores at Paramus Park used to be very much like that. Mike, I do not have a tattoo. Okay. But I love those BMXs. One of my uh-huh. tattoos, hypothetically, would be. Uh, this is such a great moment. Sorry. When they were. Oh, yeah. Just <laughs> steal holy water. holy water. So great. It's just like, we're just a bunch of kids. A bunch of kids. You never see, see them in the films get holy water, so that's why I love this. <laughs> that smirk on their face. Okay, I'm sorry to have interrupted. No, I was like, going to say. This pump and everything. The baby, just like, what happened? I would get a Tim Capello sexy sax man tattoo. Ooh, wow. That'd have to be big, though. You'd have to do, like, your whole forearm. <laughs> like, like, it would have to probably be the size of this dragon. The problem like with that. that is, too, that, like, he's so built. He's got such a great body, and I don't. And everyone would look at it and be like, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> uh, that'd be a tough one, though. Like, the design. Like, would you do it in realism? Would you do it sort of, like, traditional style and more classic? The garlic, sorry. Um, 
That is a lot of fucking garlic. But then again, they have to fill a bathtub. Yeah. Is this? They do? Do they use the super soakers in this? I can't remember. I, I don't think so. Is the water guns? I forgot. They, I know they do that in the movie Vamp. I we should watch that for your show. That's a high school. A bunch of high school kids go to a strip club, and stop me if you heard this before. The strip club is a bunch of vampires that lure in people as food, um, and they use super soakers to shoot their That's way awesome. out. It's very dust till dawn. I um. What was I gonna say? What's the train of thought? Man, roller coasters. I love this stuff. Like, just makes this is such great sort of like inner, like the um, establishing shots and stuff of the pier and everything. It's just so cool, so well shot. Yeah, I couldn't agree. Such more. a crazy layer too, like ancient feeling, but also very modern. It's like, oh, nice bat feet. Kiefer <laughs> Sutherland could have. I don't want to say it out loud. Would have made a good Batman? I don't know. <laughs> I, I would be down with it. That'd be interesting. It would have been. I don't know if he could have done the jet black hair that Bruce Wayne needs, but maybe. Maybe the guy who plays Michael. <laughs> Michael. Michael. He's like, I ain't even waiting until the sun's all the way down. But we just saw a shot of... Anyway, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> They love this. They love the water and the pier. Yeah. How much did that shot shot cost in 1987? Right. Well, it could have been um, like a library shot, actually. Like a lot of movies did that with like they do today where they use like Shutterfly or whatever. Um, But like that could have been like a bought shot from from a company. Fair. But it's amazing. You know, you need a helicopter for that, obviously, or something along those lines. And now it's a drone like a hundred dollar drone so like it's funny because i think in 87 you'd watch this movie and be like oh you know look at these shots but today it's like oh yeah my friend just did that over the weekend (laughs) (laughs) oh by the way uh i don't know if i mentioned this yet but the frog brothers do you know their names Uh, i can't remember egger and allen Oh, very nice. I like that. It's like Edgar and Alan Poe. Yep. Oh man. You know, you know what I realized? We're here already. Maybe maybe it's me growing up on Home Alone. But I love kids setting up booby traps and waiting for the bad guy to get there, right? We see it in a lot yeah. of horror films, but also Home Alone and this too. Like, I don't know. I get excited for that. Yeah, we are here already. I'm telling you, this has got to be in everyone's Halloween watch list. It's so... Like, the structure's so great. Like, it's so well done. And I love that we're going to get, like, a, they're setting up, like, a real... A moment here of, like, here comes the climax. Like, I love that. This it's so well done. This is a film that, you know, again, not to, not to be that guy, but thinking about fatherhood... This is a film that I could see watching with my daughter, you know. Brian, you know what movie this is reminding me of? One we recently watched, which had a very similar ending, The New Kids, Mm. where it's like they went and fucked with the locals, and now the locals are coming back to their place and giving a full-on assault. What was the better theme park, The New Kids or or 
the the pier. Oh, here. the new kids. Santa Santa's bullshit. Like whatever that was. Santa's Santa's sleigh town in the summertime. <laughs> We're halfway to Epcot. <laughs> <laughs> it's so intense. He, this scene too. Again, not too bloody. Oh, yeah. But it's not like no. But it's like a house of horrors, yeah. you know. Like everything is like a Home Alone. It's like all set up, like a booby trap, like a fast Home Alone, though. Yeah, he does have the water gun. Yeah, thought so. I guess that's. Oh, not but it's not like a super room. soaker. Oh, no, no. It, it looks like an actual Uzi. Yeah. I remember having something like that as a kid before <laughs> they painted them all. Oh, this is so dope. Oh, oh yeah, oh, this is one of the coolest kills that I've seen. Certainly. This looks so painful. Because a dog does it. Dog, good dog, best dog ever. They know the dogs know. So well, cool. there's there's hellhounds, but there's also good dogs too. Nanook is oh, a good yeah. dog. Oh yeah, we encountered Dan and I encountered a lot of uh, monster killing animals in some of those Universal horror films from the '40s and stuff. Especially like they always got the animal in there at the end to be like almost like Lassie esque, Rin Tin Tin kind of stuff. <laughs> How the which this dog kind of looks like Rin Tin Tin. How the bathtub gets bloody is like such a touch, like a good touch. Oh yeah, like they could have just had. Him doesn't disintry. everything explode? Doesn't the does, does the yeah. uh, sink explode? Yeah. Oh my god, that's so amazing. That's very Even downstairs, it's like so Stephen King. He really saved it all, right? For, like the big climax, man. Uh, can't wait. The lighting, so cool, so ominous. Such a cool fight here at the end. Like they got them flying around when they start flying around and stuff. Like it feels really good. Like it, like the the effects. You know what I mean? Like it's so smooth. Like it's. It, I guess it helps that they're playing around in the shadowed house, so you don't see the strings as easily and stuff, everything. But like this, like just dropping down on him and and being yanked away. Like, that looks so good. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> there we are with the water guns. He does use it. Sees it, Smarty. In your face. Did he say in your face? <laughs> yes, I'm sure. But he's going for it, man. Full on Robin Hood. Woo! One Ooh. shot. Forget this. This vampire, like, not really do it. He just mumps over and dies. You know? <laughs> I forgot. No, there you go. Oh. You catch it. Oh, so it wasn't one oh, shot. You missed, sucker. That was so, that was so stupid oh. of him to do, by the way. Isn't oh. It? What, to get up and be like, you missed. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. Because the stake through his heart, essentially, into an electrical thing. Yeah, he's into the stereo. So I wish there was some, like, maybe disco playing. Oh, his head exploded. That was a great one. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a, it's a amazing how much you kind of forget, like, the particulars, like, the uh, specifics. The Death details. by stereo. That's what he just said. That's awesome. Nice, what a lie. Yes. Um, no, you're so right. Like, I watch this movie every year, and every time I watch it, I catch little things. That's so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> because it's the ultimate, like, their mom's away and they're going to be in so much trouble because they fucked up the house. Like, they had this huge party that got out of control. Exactly. But, with, like, you know. This gang that showed up. <laughs> but, like, spoiler alert, the grandfather is just proud. You know what I mean? He just, he, like, because he, oh, yeah, yeah. he knew the whole time. Well, he gives, right? He, he comes in with the coup de gras. Yeah. 
He gives the killing blow. Oh, frog bros. Yeah, so and in that moment, they jumped like frogs on him. <laughs> nice mad magazine on the uh, bed there. Archie. Speaking of, oh, Eddie Munster. I forgot. You know, Eddie was a werewolf. Oh, yeah, Eddie <laughs> was a werewolf. You guys should cover cover oh, the monsters. So Why don't you do a monsters that made us episode? The monsters that made us. There are a couple monster movies. I mean, we'll get to everything hopefully, one one point or another. But uh, I think we got to ramp up a little. We got to speed it up. This kid is so cool because it's so scary. Yeah, it's so scary because they just did the adult makeup on him. You know, they're yeah. like, this is just what he's gonna look like. And I love again, like this. This might be the first time, even though they was in like. Uh, what is it? Is it near dark where there's also sort of like a kid vampire, but you find out the kid's like hundreds of years old. And also, like, uh, yeah, interview with a vampire. Yeah, Kirsten right? Dunstan, that. That's what I was thinking. There's this, like, I think this is the first time I, the concept of like the immortal child uh, crossed my path. And it's just like, that's the worst. That would be the fucking worst. Like, if I was a kid vampire after like 10 years, I'd be like, fuck this. <laughs> you know, like, where's the it's, it's like, the dirtiest thing you can do too is turn a kid into a vampire but that's the idea right is like like that's what a vampire would like that's how despicable they are it's like they they only care about themselves on a level so they want that companionship it's like i want to have a kid forever and then you never think about the other person the kid this is so great it's like fucking agent smith and neo they're just flying around the room Oh, and what great setup with the taxidermy and all of the the shit on the walls, like a goddamn Bennigan's earlier, <laughs> like, you know? Because like, all of this threat like comes full circle here. It is, it, yeah. We saw all of it. It makes what in a lot of horror is just a house or like a cabin in the woods, so to speak, so much more interesting on the inside, right? Like this is an interesting house on the inside. Yeah, and and the grandfather's hobby becomes integral at the end fight here where, like, this stuff would be around where you would be able to impale him on antlers because that's part of his hobby. So it's not just like they were fighting in a house and he broke a chair or something and, like, stabbed him with that. Like, you you can play with it so much more. But whoever wrote that was, like, really smart. And that's another thing where it's, like, it's laced in there. It's not really hit over the head it's just you know he's an eccentric grandpa and i wonder how old the Kiefer sutherland vampire was do you think he was from the 50s oh like he's been lurking that long and just like because yeah maybe maybe i think i think maybe because of the i don't know i feel like he's the oldest because he's the leader but i wonder if like you know maybe that's something the show would have answered they like they grow the pack by one every decade. Maybe. You know, so they have someone from like the 40s, someone from the 50s, someone from the 60s. It's like. The, I back. know $8 million or $8.5 million in 19, uh, 1987 was a lot more money than it is today. But when you look at an $8.5 million budget to do this film, you're like, oh my God, they made the most of it. Oh, yeah. The effects are great. And I feel like Schumacher really has a has just like a perfect understanding of 
film language where like he knows where to put the camera to make it the most interesting he knows where to put the camera to make it the most economic you know to to, to portray the most information just like everything everything is just so on point this is insane too because again the first time yeah. you're watching again i hope this is your first yeah. time listening with us but you know you really do believe that keith or sutherland is the lead vampire here Date that but Michael hasn't changed back. Yeah, you're like, wait, what? Could they? Like, and now you. This know. is a great. Twist. I mean, it's not. I guess it. Yeah, it is a twist, and it's a, and and it was teased and set up, and and also at one point it was debunked. Exactly, that's what makes uh, it a great twist, yeah. right? Because like, yeah. it didn't come out of nowhere. It came from somewhere, but it was it was debunked. And this time he fucked up because he just ran in the house. He wasn't asking. Oh, good point. And like you don't. And he looked. He looks so threatening so quickly. Yeah, and... like he goes from such a dad, kind of bod kind of dude, to like, very threatening. That's ex- just by taking off like Superman switch. That's exactly what I was gonna say, Mike. Right, like you didn't don't expect a guy who sort of looks like this, to be the big bad. And then, Dude, he was totally playing Clark Kent Superman, you know? I wonder if even Richard Donner suggested that about his character. Cool. To be like, put on the glasses and you'll look benevolent. And then when you take them off, you stand up straight, you slick your hair back a little bit, and you get real, like, you know, authoritative. Oh. And this, the turn is so good. When he just, like, turns around and he's changed. Such a great cut. It is. Edward Herman's a great actor. And he needs to regroup his whole brood. But he's like, damn it! I guess I'll use you guys. By the way, I don't know if you know this, but like, oof, awesome! Oh, man. I feel like inserting it here because I forgot. Jamie Gertz, like, and her husband own the Atlanta Hawks NBA team. Like, wait, what? She married a billionaire, and <laughs> like, they just. Oh, right. Good team. for her. Yeah, good for her. Exactly. All right. I wish I could do that. Sweet. Courtside seats forever <laughs> for everyone. Oh, man. Here we go. The final battle. So, if you haven't, my point is if you haven't seen Jamie Gertz in a while. Oh, acting recently? Uh, she, she doesn't, she doesn't need it. You think she'd do it for the love? Eh, you know, you're that rich. You start to love other things. By the way, when he when he stuck his tongue out earlier, that was so perfect. Like that was such a great note or whatever. Like just the way he stuck his tongue out was so just like perverted, you know. Like <laughs> it took it to that like grosser level of like ew. He looks like an evil senator or something. Oh, so like a senator. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I walked into the that cucaracha. One. What do you feel about the cucaracha being used? I don't know why it's used. It's like funny and ironic, but like why that? I think it was just a novelty horn back in the eighties. Like you know, some people had the Dukes of Hazzard. Yeah, Dixie. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess you're right. All, all inappropriate, <laughs> you know. Like, that's so great. I, they put the goggles on and they're like screaming, yeah, because <laughs> they're junkies for this. This isn't like you said. This is not unbelievable to them at all. Like this is something they right. they expected might happen. The Frog Brothers. I love when they get up. They're going to get up and be like, Ghostbusters, like, what do you think we should charge? You know? Like, that's the... That's like... That's like... They know exactly who they are, you know? <laughs> Ghostbusters. That's a great example of a, like, pseudo-horror film 
that blends yeah. comedy very well with. I mean, I'm not saying anything groundbreaking, but like, you know. No, but you know what it does? It it kind of tells you that like it's fun to be scared. Yeah. You know, like being scared doesn't always have to mean being scared. It could also mean like having fun at the same time. And I feel like I saw Ghostbusters at a very early age, and like that's one of the lessons I took. I think that yeah, that's a gateway film for sure. Yeah, good call. The end of that gets really scary with the terror dogs and Zool and all that shit. Like, legit. This is so fun. You get a real happy ending here. Yeah, great. Ends on a great line. Yeah, how much do you think we get to charge them? Like a couple, yeah, a couple great lines. Like that, the grandpa has a, has a line. <laughs> She's mostly had her hair short her entire career. She's Hmm. She's yeah, great. At least, yeah. Birdcage. Look at him on his back. That's so great. They're brothers again. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, this is the line. All the damn vampires. And so, like, both the Frog Brothers <laughs> and him, and the grandfather, are like, you know, sort of expected this. <laughs> Yeah, I, I yeah, I I feel like you know they didn't need it, but there's another draft where the grandfather had way more to do. Was maybe training Corey a little more instead of just trying to take him fishing. Is all I'm saying. I'm not. Oh, look at the credits. Surf Nazi one through oh, five. That's right. <laughs> all right, Mike. That was the Lost Boys. I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we did watching it. Very fun. We do have our High School Slumber Party awards. So, oh, that's right. We have a bunch of stuff to do. Yeah, before we get out of here, as the credits roll. So first, Mike, who was this movie made for? Um, you know, I think it, I think it's made for like uh, a lot of people, right? Like, I think adults would love this. Like, it's a great date movie for teenagers. Um, it's great if you're like, like right under, th- I mean, right under the age of thirteen, you know, and you sneak this one. It's um. It's cool, man. I think everyone would enjoy this. Everybody over the, you know, everybody of teenagers and up, it's all for you. Yeah, I really do think it's, like, again, entry-level horror. I think that, like, it is for everyone, and that's what makes it good. Watch the Lost Boys, people. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Next question. Most likely to succeed. Who won the movie? Hmm. Who won the movie? I guess, you know, I'm going to go and say Michael wins the movie because in a very, I guess this is a very chauvinistic way, but like in a very 80s way, like he, <laughs> he wins, he gets the girl in the end and he gets his family back and, you know, everything's going to be cool, right? Like she survived, they'll be together, you know, they'll get through this, the rest of their lives together. I wonder how old she is. She's like, thanks for saving me, but like, I'm 79. Yeah, that, how crazy would that? You don't look a day over 18. <laughs> Could you imagine they like when they kill uh, Edward Herman that you go back to, or you go to your age that you should be, and she turns into like an 80 year old yes. woman? Wow, that would have been insane. I would have loved that. All right, so I actually put the mom here, Diane Weiss. She got her boys back. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know she lost a boyfriend, but he sucked anyway. Um, you know, she, she, they're settling in this town, getting over this divorce, right? Like, I don't know. I feel like she's in a better place at the end of it. 
That works. Uh, Wooderson Award, a character who you would have liked to have seen more of. Um, again, I think, you know, I've been saying it, Grandpa, right? Like, I feel like there's more room for him. Maybe one of the other vampires, but I feel like Kiefer speaks for them all. You know what I'm saying? Like, Kiefer's the voice of the choir, <laughs> as it were. Fair enough. Long Duck Dong Award, is there a character whose omission would make the film better? Would you delete anyone from the film? No, I don't think so. Not this round. Yeah, I don't think so either. I was trying to think about this question, but nothing seems extra here. It's it's a tight movie. It's a good movie. Can't complain. Cameron Fry Award, too old to be high schoolers. This is tough because I don't know if all the adult or the older vampires are high schoolers or not. They're certainly young people, but uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. I don't think anything's applicable here. What about you? No, I mean, you know, they could, they could pass for seniors or at least year five seniors all right mike time to grade the film the difficult question now it's sort of unfair while we're watching it in this format but whatever i'm gonna do it anyway give you the red pen the manila card let's look at our cheat sheet though rotten tomatoes 77 percent by the critics 85 percent by the audience letterbox what do the nerds say let's see 3.6 on letterbox but mike a plus to f scale what will you grade the lost boys i mean i love this movie i'm so glad that this turned out to be the movie we were watching tonight and it's been a while and i had a blast watching it with you and we discovered we talked we had a great combo i feel like i you know thought about it more than i had previously i'm giving this this one's getting us an a a solid a for sure yeah, I had a great time tonight. Solid A. I love watching this movie. I agree with you, Mike. This is... Yeah. I am a big fan of The Lost Boys. I recommend it to a lot of people, and I have not heard anyone say something bad about it. So, Lost Boys. All right. Sleeping bag. What does your Lost Boys sleeping bag look like, Mike? Oh, good question. What would my Lost Boys sleeping bag be? Oh my gosh. You know what? I think it would have to be from the Corey Haim collection and it is going to be modeled off of, I'll just go with the first shirt we see him <laughs> nice. wearing. In this. And you take that shirt and you just slap the entire pattern on a sleeping bag. Nice. Maybe I did this on the Dan Cologne Shawnee Meat episode. I don't remember, but I have to go some kind of sexy sax man. Oh. <laughs> right or maybe you're just sleeping shirtless and your body's glistening i don't know but sexy sex <laughs> design nice i like it okay mike you and i are in the, All right, Brian. the magical blockbuster in the sky oh, oh, oh. we here we are we know that we're having a the lost boys slumber party we just watched it together yeah. but we're gonna watch it again because we're renting it here in the strange analogy we get to the counter, we see a sign that says rent two movies, get one free. And I say, Mike, grab two other movies that would pair well with today's film, The Lost Boys. What two other movies are you picking? Okay. So I think they're both going to be high school vampire films. I'm not trying to like jip anyone or do anything like that, but I think I just found what I want to do. I think the first one I recommended before, I mean, this one is really no surprise, but like since we're watching such a great uh, teen horror film, I got to go with my favorite teen horror film, maybe one of my favorite 
horror. I think it. I think it at the moment. This and like The Exorcist are like my favorite horror films. But like this one right now is up there. Brian, I'm talking about none other than 1985's Fright Night. Nice. You know I love me some Fright Night. We all know why by now, right? I mean, it's just a great movie. But you know, Chris Sarandon, Roddy McDowell. I mean, it's just so great. Everyone is so good. William Ragsdale is so funny as Charlie. You got uh, the neighbor from Married with Children in there. <laughs> Can I say something quickly? Yeah. After, I rented this on Amazon, and afterwards, the three recommendations uh, to watch were The Lost Boys of Thirst, The Lost Boys of the Tribe, and Fright Night. So there you go. Oh, my gosh. Oh, cool. All right. The other movie I actually just mentioned uh, in passing this episode, but I'm going to go with the 1986 horror comedy Vamp. So, Brian, this has a cast too. I think we know from other teen movies, Chris Makepeace. Does that sound familiar? Mm. Robert Rustler, Grace Jones, Ooh. Uh, and uh, Giri Wantanabe. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, uh, that is a lot of fun. That movie, they, like I said, they all go to a strip club, turns out to be run by vampires. A lot of fun ensues. Mike, love those picks. That sounds like a great slumber party. So The Lost Boys, Vamps, and Fright Night. Still have not seen Fright Night, so I need to check that one out. I have to be on that episode, bro. It is teen, 100% teen. It's a high school movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They're in high school. There's a sequel, too. I've only seen it once. It's really good also. And then there's the remake with Colin Farrell. Right. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. There's the remake with me. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. Yes. And I think the guy, one of the Doctor Who's plays the, uh, plays the Roddy McDowell role. Oh, interesting. I think it's, I can't remember which Doctor Who it is. But. Well, Mike, this ushers in our Corinthians three lap, two Corey's <laughs> films. Wild. And they're going to be some that we have to really dig out of the trenches because there are some ones that I'm sure you guys out there have not heard of that we're going to cover here. Uh, but, you know, we'll pepper these in from time to time. Mike, this was a pleasure. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Happy spooky Thank season. You. Thanks for coming Thank on. You. Remember, you can check Mike and I out on Heist's Lumber Party very often on your other show, Third Time's a Charm. But on Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar, we're doing... Something very fun for Halloween on there. So check that out. Anything else you want to plug, Mike? Um, Check out the return of The Monsters That Made Us with Dan Colon and myself, October 27th, I believe, the last Friday of October. So we'll be back in time for Halloween. And check out all the shows I do with Joey Lewandowski, such as Cage Club and uh, Viva Pa Vegas. We're doing shows of those pretty regularly. And uh, yeah, so other than that, everything is at cageclub.me. Big thank you to Mike Manzi, as always, the superintendent, for watching The Lost Boys with me. Once again, want to shout out Shawnee Mead and Dan Cologne and our original Lost Boys episode. Check that out. That was a couple years ago. If I remember, I'll try to put it in the show notes, the link to that one. That was so much fun. I hope you had as much fun tonight as we did because it was awesome. Mike, the opening pitcher for the first game of our doubleheader, and I think he pitched a complete game shutout. So thank you once again, Mike Manzi. 
check us out on our other show, Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar. And remember, we have game two of our Halloween doubleheader. Check this feed out. It'll pop in almost instantly if I plan everything correctly. The aforementioned Shawnee Mead will be back, and we'll be talking our first Disney Channel original movie ever, Halloween Town 2. Why Halloween Town 2, you ask? Because apparently Halloween Town 1 is not high school related, is not teen related. Halloween Town 2 is. But you learn in the episode, I kind of wish I watched all three instead of just Halloween Town 2 without any real context. So, well, yeah, you'll have to listen to that one. Thanks so much, as always, for listening. Happy Halloween. Wait, 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 can't fall asleep, can't get in the sleeping bag. Another episode to go. Remember one more thing. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop looking around once in a while, you could miss it. Later, friends. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. The streets are uneven when you're down, when you're strange. It's over. Go home. Go.